Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to IndyCar Weekly. I am Indy Star Motorsports Insider Jim Aiello, and I am joined by Andretti Autosport Indy 500 driver and U.S. Air Force driver and race-winning driver Connor Daly. Uh, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> You're not gonna be more excited about it. You had a good weekend. You had an up and down weekend actually between yeah. your, your Subaru exploits and your Lamborghini. I mean, the, the Lamborghini performed pretty well for you. Well, it's just another weekend in my life, really. Um, <laughs> not one, not anyone was surprised. I think Alex had a bet. An, Alex Rossi had an actual money bet that my car would not actually make it home. My Subaru, uh, which he won. He won that bet. It didn't make it home. Uh, and and then yeah, and then we went out. And drove, you know, $400,000 supercars all weekend. <laughs> um, and that went really well. Okay. So it was, a, it was an interesting just sequence of events, as usual. Another another weekend in, in the life of, of Connor Daly. It's a story, yeah, I was going to say. It's a book you were meant to write oh, yeah. one day. All right, yeah. well, we'll talk more about that because, believe it or not, you have quite the Twitter following that is very <laughs> interested in how you got home and what is become of your car. So we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, which will be fun. For, for me and maybe not so much for you. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we're going to recap the uh, what we saw at Alabama. Takuma Sato was pretty dominant, except mm. for that you know real fun slip-up at the end where Scott Dixon's eyes got real big and hoped yeah. that he could catch up. But um, So we'll talk about that. Got a couple other fun things to talk about there. Obviously, we'll preview the... Uh, I got to make sure I get Acura Long Beach. Yes. Uh, yes not, it's not, not Honda anymore. So we got that it's going. New, new era. Yes. Exactly. Uh, historic race in the new era. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we'll get to your Twitter questions. We've got a bunch of good ones, so excited to get there. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's rewind here and go back to Alabama. We'll start with Takuma Sato. I don't think when you and I previewed this race, we talked a whole lot about Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and Takuma Sato possibly winning this race. Well, <clears throat> you're probably right. Uh, I mean, I know I, I picked Graham Ray Hall in my fantasy IndyCar picks, um, and I thought before qualifying or after qualifying. This is bu- this is before the weekend even started. Oh, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So I thought you know the Ray Halls. Well, he had a really good race here back you know a couple years ago, sixteen I think, when he started complaining about me on the radio. Um, but uh, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a, it was interesting. I mean Sato. I mean he did not. There was not one even close to him um, the whole weekend. So I I'm really impressed by those guys. It was really cool because obviously. You know, old Bob was there, and and David Letterman. They were all having a nice time up there and, and celebrating a win. And I mean, Takuma is just such an interesting guy. I mean, I was actually watching the race with uh, with Scott Speed a little bit, and, okay. and Scott was like, "Dude, he is so good." And, and obviously, I think they raced against each other in Formula One, and uh, and it was it was it was cool to see. I mean. Takuma's got those just absolute flashes of brilliance. I mean, the guy's an Indy 500 champion, and then you sort of just, you know, he just goes about his business, but he's always, you know, there and always focused on doing his job, and he never, you know, you never really think he's falling off. He's just, you know, not having his weekends, and then all of a sudden, the the guy's winning races again. I mean, he's 800 years old, and he's still winning races, and, 
you know, that's 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 great. I mean, I, I liked Kuma a lot. He's my first ever IndyCar teammate. Okay. Um, very, very smart guy. He's big into, you know, data and, and making sure he knows everything about the car and what it's doing and working with his engineers. So I'm not surprised that, uh, you know, that he won, but I am very surprised that no one could really put up a fight at all. Yeah. I, I am really surprised by that. Uh, just to get into mention what you said, those flashes of brilliance. Scott Dixon addressed this at the end of the race, and it was and it was a good quote that he had. He's, he sent, I'm pulling it up here now, but it says, he said, yeah, I think when you find the right situation, the right place, the group that you're happy with, he does a really good job. And I know he's got a lot of good people around him, and when he feels comfortable, he excels. And I think that's yeah. I think that's kind of what happens is you find these weekends for Takuma where everything seems to line up yeah. for him in terms of his comfort, his you know the team having a good setup for him, and 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 when he has that. Oftentimes he makes it count. It's it's it's, it's only his fourth race win, but it's not. I mean, you say only, but he's won. Yeah. I mean, the guy's won at won the five hundred. Uh, he won I mean, the five hundred. He's amazing. won. He's won at Long Beach. Yeah. He's, and he's won. He won at Portland last year. I mean, he's yeah. a, he's in terms of repeat winners. Portland. He won at Portland last he's, year. So he's won what two of the last two of the last five races. races. Yeah, yeah, five races. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's he's the. I mean, he's right at this point. You could make the argument he's been the most dominant the last yeah. five races, which I don't. You know, no one really expected. But yeah. but I think it's like you said. I think. Uh, uh, I think you put those things together for Takuma, and he's still clearly capable. I liked, oh, yeah. I liked that podium quite a bit. We can get into that a little bit, but it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what a legendary podium! It's just, sure. it's, uh, Scott Dixon described it it's as the bunch ger- of veterans. The geriatric podium yeah. is what he called it. You got forty-two-year-old Takuma, forty-year-old yeah. uh, like no one honestly looked that excited about it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, we've all been up here before, a million we get times. It, you yeah, know what I mean, and it's like uh, someone be happy. Like Takuma is always happy, but it's like man, this is just like. I don't know. Just enjoy it more. I mean, I know you guys all have a million podiums and seven thousand wins, but man, yeah. what a what a combination! Yeah, Scott, Scott, and Seb are up there with nine championships between them. Dixon hates everything about Barber because he can he can only finish second six times in a row. Just the most <laughs> insane row, thing I've ever seen. How is I that po- how is that possible to finish runner up no six idea. times out of ten? Right? That's it's like he's like the Vitor Mira of Barber. <laughs> like Vitor Mira finished second everywhere, and the poor guy could not get a win. But it's like. I don't know. Some someday Scott's gonna win at Barber, and I, he's gonna park his car on the start finish line, just jump out, and be like, "I am never coming here again." <laughs> that's it. Ever. I'm done. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I feel bad. I felt bad for him because I think I think that second probably. I, w- I think you'd rather finish like tenth than finish second. <laughs> oh again. Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. I finished second and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I, on Takuma, like yeah, there's a couple guys. My crew chief from Harding, the races that I did last year, he's now on Takuma's car, and there's a couple guys that were at Harding. Um, that are now there. So I was really happy for those guys too. It was cool to see. I mean, Ray Hall's got a lot of good people over there, a lot of great engineers, good, good people. Um, so, you know, they, I, I think people don't talk about them enough as being such a powerhouse organization because they're only two cars, right? But, you know, so is Ganassi. And I think, you know, depending on how the rest of the season goes, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw both Graham and Takuma up there more often. I, I would certainly think that that didn't I pick like dark horses at the beginning of the year. I thought Ray Hall. Would you did. Be, you picked you picked Graham. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, did something like that. You did. I don't know if Takuma's a championship runner, but you never know. Maybe this is it. Two of the last five races. Exactly. Two of the last five, just in two separate years. So I will we'll say see. I'm in trouble with the Ray Hall group. Uh, I, a, a friend of mine and the member <clears> of the media apparently went down there to talk to Bob after the race, and uh, Bob Bob asked where I was because I didn't pick them to win a race this year. Ooh. Oh, so I didn't get a ch- I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Next time I do, I'm sure he's going to have some things for me to say. Bob never forgets. Yeah, he doesn't forget. Bob exactly. never forgets. And they they're a bulletin board material type of team. During media day, Graham Graham called out David Malsher and mm. was just like, "Yeah, I saw you guys didn't you didn't mention us in your season well, preview." I mean, we see and, everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. We see everything that's said. I I've seen everything. Any hate that you see, as we mentioned before, I see it all. It so wasn't I even can't hate. Wait. 
No, exactly. But it's like, <laughs> but you all, we always know. Like, if we happen, to, if I happen to win the Indy 500, there's gonna be a lot of people I'm gonna talk to. Be like, yep, remember that? I, yeah, hey, how about that? You know what I mean? It's I'm, gonna be fun. I, I'm, I'm all in on the Connor Daly Vengeance Tour <laughs> yeah. after the 500 win. But. Oh, that would be neat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so apologies to the Ray Hall crew for not picking you to win, but actually not apologies. You're welcome for giving you that extra you motivation go. that you now needed. You're winners. Um, all right, so we talked about Scott Dixon. Seb had a good race. Um, I don't know what you – is there anything about Seb that you wanted to talk about? Because that's – I mean, th- those guys are pretty good at, at Alabama. He almost – he actually yeah. had a chance to win the race last year, and if the rain hadn't come on Monday again, I think he would have won the race. He's really good there, and obviously he's got a pretty good engineering team that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, those guys over there have re- have really, really smart um, smart engineers. Uh, but they also, you know, Bourdais was there trying to do a you know, strategic victory, right? He was trying to do the two-stop. Um, and stop less than everyone else. You know the Dale Coin special. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and actually, at the end of the race, I heard Alex say he's like, "Oh, we should have done a two stop." Really? So I think he was, you know, he thought that it was there was certainly something beneficial there. Um, and and Bourdais made it work. Although I mean, tires it, tires were tough to make last. I mean, I talked to talked to Alex, talked to Ryan afterwards, and as soon as you started started to sort of chase after someone and really push, they really really um, took a beating and the, and you couldn't get them back. So. That's why you saw like Joseph make a push on Alex all of a sudden, and then that was it. And then like Bourdais make a push, but he couldn't couldn't sustain it. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see Barber. I mean, you never think I never think it's going to be a good race, but I thought there was a lot more overtaking than than I really expected. Um, especially like in the middle of the pack, there was a great moves. Um, Marco Andretti's move on Santino around the outside of turn seven down the hill was possibly the coolest thing I've ever seen. I mean, two cars going side by side without without even really going into the dirt, and you can barely fit one car in that in that corner. Um, I thought that was an awesome move. I, I have actually watched that like ten times. Like this is this is what IndyCar racing is all about. Like Marco's jumping curbs, Santino's still there, <laughs> and people are smoking tires, and no one ends up off the road. Like we're all just still going. So I <clears throat> I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff um, that was going on, and there was clearly a lot of people that had some issues though as well. I mean, there was. Uh, hmm. you know, Colton for sure. Poor guy. He was, uh, yeah. th- that was, that was not ideal. Some sort of fuel issue, fuel system issue there. Um, but again, people are going to have that, right? Like, it's not like this is racing. Like people are going to have their off days and stuff like that. And certainly as a rookie, you got to expect that at some point, you know, something out of your control is going to happen. And, you know, now he's just going to go to Long Beach and bounce back. Free, ta- um, free tacos if he does. Free tacos if he wins, Ace. which is a wild move. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Uh, great support there. I think we're all, think we're all cheering for Colton now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone <laughs> loves tacos. Um, but, yeah, man, really interesting. Um, the, the one other thing that I wanted to point out, which I think was really cool, was, was Marcus, uh, Marcus Erickson. Again, I think he's probably he's probably almost finished seventh at each race this year, but now he finally got the seventh. Um, and the guy, pits, he pits the earliest. He's the guy who came in the pits first. As soon as the window even is 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 can, is even almost open, um, he's in. And I think honestly, his experience in Formula One, trying to get out of the pits and clear track and take advantage of um, of every piece of clear track, is clearly helping him. Because when he gets out in the clear track, he makes up a lot of time. Um, and clearly, we see that. I mean, the guy started in the back and he's finishing seventh at a race that only had one yellow. So um, I thought that was really cool. Good for the Schmidt team, obviously, James. Um, James was fast all weekend, but, um, but yeah, to see Marcus finally get that result, I'm sure he was pretty stoked. And the guy's having a great time. Like the racing in IndyCar is awesome. Like we all know that. And 
I think for him, he's he's truly actually enjoying racing again, which is what we do. Like this is we enjoy racing here in IndyCar. Uh, it's quite fun, and uh, yeah, it's it was good to see for sure. He is he was pumped. Actually, uh, we have a, I have a quote. I talked. I got a chance to talk to him after the race, and I, I'm telling you, the guy had he was grinning ear to ear the entire yeah. time he was answering my questions. So uh, he, we're gonna play for you guys what he hear he had to say. Yeah, I know it was it's really fun uh, behind the wheel, and that's the thing. With I also uh, another thing that's very good in the car is that you're constantly fighting out there. Right? You're always fighting guys, and different strategies going on, different tires going on. So it's, it's def- definitely a lot of action out there. Even though it's a long race, you always sort of yeah, you're always fighting for it. So I really enjoyed the the race today. So yeah, obviously you can tell Marcus is really excited. Uh, I, he, you know, he gets hesitant to compare things to Formula One, and yeah. which I, you know, I don't blame him. I think they're you two different to. styles of racing, and I don't yeah. think he wants to kind of crap on what he came from. I think he likes he likes Formula One. Bahrain was a good race. He was talking about that to me afterward. But what he was having a good time was he's like, man, I can I can get close in these cars. I can yeah. I can I can make legitimate passes <clears> on track. Yeah, and he goes, and it's constant battling, constant fighting, and I really enjoy that. Um, he gets the race. I think that's really what it is. I think it's what you were just talking about. He's, he gets to be getting a racer back again. To racing. Yep. Getting back to racing is so cool for those guys. I mean, for anyone that comes over, uh, you know, from a different discipline. Um, I mean, even even Fernando at Indy, I mean, obviously ovals are so different, right? But, you know, it's such good racing. It's There's always something going on. Um, and, I, and again, you know, the next challenge for these guys, you know, the rookies will be the ovals and see, you know, see then them how, how they how they like that type of racing as well. How well do you know, Marcus? Because I got to tell you, on Twitter, I think it was last week, people were giving him, I mean, crap about overtaking and on, from Formula One. I, I, I don't know if you saw this. But Loved he, his Twitter. Oh, man, he was epic. Yeah. It was so great. Somebody said I something like... I actually had dinner with him that night. Did you? Yeah, yeah. So after he was... He sent all that stuff out, and it was it was incredible. And uh, him, me, and Hinch met up for dinner, and we, and we talked for a long time. I thought it was hysterical. He was all, he was like, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, heck, why not? And I was like, yeah, you got to do it. Like, that's what people love. Like, there were so many people that I saw on Twitter that were like, Marcus is my new favorite driver. It's I'm telling like, you, yep, people loved him after People that. love that stuff. So, because I, th- I think a lot of the Formula One diehards and a lot of the Europeans are like so so adamantly arrogant that their sport is the best <laughs> and everything is great in formula one and it's like yeah formula one is great like we get it but guess what like uh, the racing over here is better yeah. like it's just factual it's better and, like, competition it doesn't matter you you can't like it's just all these people that were saying all this stuff like you just look at them and you're like you guys are so closed-minded like why can't we all just enjoy racing in general like yeah formula one's got some cool stuff that happens they've got great cars but realistically like we know probably who's going to win and if there's an exciting battle then it's great we get a lot of cool internet highlights you know what i mean um but but all marcus is doing is just being honest like it's like hey this is fun racing i sort of got treated as the you know not favorite at sauber and here we are now having a great time and having equal equipment with his teammates and just living the dream yeah doing racing stuff and so it was cool to actually hang out with him for a lot for a little bit I, i raced with him in gp2 just once i did one gp2 race in 2013 um and uh but i've obviously known him for a while uh, sure so it was it was pretty cool to see and i think it's just it'll be nice to get out there with everyone in, in the month of may and see what happens good no I, I i i love that i think some guys that come over from different series especially that come over from europe it takes a little while for them to break into who they are and showing that personality a little bit it seems like marcus is really having that issue i think he's starting to show off who he is which i, I think like you said fans are loving it and i gotta tell you he's got a yeah massive swedish fan base yeah i wrote that, a story that's what's good though, it's inc- you know, i know supporting their country and they seem to love it so that's mm, no yeah. it's, it's awesome i'm really i'm really happy about that i did want to ask you by the way i forgot we, we missed on takuma 
uh, five laps to go. Kind of the kind of the exciting <laughs> moment of the race. What did you uh, What did you see when he yeah. uh, lost control going into turn eight? He was making jokes about it afterward because he caught it, which was really good. But uh, I think it just goes to show you though that how much these guys are pushing. Right? It looks like Takuma is just sailing away into the distance, but he is at ten tenths. He's pushing as hard as he can because guess what? Scott Dixon is behind you. You know what I mean? And so when Scott Dixon's behind you, uh, you know, you have to be picture perfect. I've literally been in that situation. I will never forget Grand Prix of Indy. You know, we're sixth. I'm like, this is a great day. And Scott Dixon is seventh. And I'm like, whoa, fuck it. I held off Scott Dixon for eight laps. And and like and we did. But it was like he was he was so good. You had to be absolutely perfect, um, and you know that Scott's going to take advantage of you if you know if if the situation arises. Um, and yeah, it was it, w- it was cool to see Sato. You know, just get out there a little bit. Obviously, he was fine, but but uh, <laughs> but he's pushing and he's got to go for it. That's exa- I mean that's exactly what he said after the race too, which was that you think it looks easy and you're leading by you know yeah. he was up by two three seconds i think at the time and you think you're just cruising but it's not you're just you're constantly pressing so that's- we're greedy racing drivers we always want more right we always want to go faster we always want to be those guys so it, it happens yeah well he was uh he was on it and uh it's obviously a big win for him so we can move off of takuma but i i thought that was a i, I was a, it was a fun i mean he really looked like he was just in control the whole time so to see him kind of slip up but i was going to yeah. ask you it was a it was kind of a weird weekend uh, in terms yes. of like so on Friday all these guys get and the, the question is going to be does the maybe the reason we saw the geriatric uh, podium was because these guys have experience at a place over the weekend where it was weird on Friday they were all using these old red tires yep. from from last year that everyone was crashing yeah it didn't look like <laughs> it you, and it turned out that because I don't think anybody found out that they were using old tires until later yeah and so you kind of had to throw out that day of results. Yeah, and then Saturday there was some rain and it was weird and like I just didn't nope, did, nobody got to turn a lot of laps and nobody it was kind of just a strange weekend all around so I was wondering if you thought maybe experience played a role in these guys finishing well because they just know the track better or I don't know I don't know what do you yeah, think Yeah, I mean I was obviously I wasn't on the on the stand this weekend because I was busy racing myself but I, I certainly was paying attention to the results and sort of talking to Alex at the end of each day. Um, and it, and it was really interesting. I thought I, to, to see, I mean, the amount of people that were making mistakes and going off, I mean, even veterans, you know, guys putting in the wall. I mean, it's, it's, I think at that track, you have to be so inch perfect because there's the, the, the high G loads and the high load on the, on these cars in the corners with no power steering is, is, is tough. It's, it's a tough car to control here, uh, or there. And, um, and yeah, I, 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 I thought it was cool though, to see how many people were going off and, and, and really, really pushing and trying hard. Um, I, I think the fact that we saw that in practice and not in the race yeah. just goes to show how much, like how, what, what level of driver that we're all trying to be these days. You want to try and make sure you get as much out of it as possible in practice. So you know where the limits are. So when you get to qualifying in the race, you don't make those mistakes. And so that was really interesting. It was a very clean race, very, very clean race. But you would have thought there would have been 10 yellows with the amount of people that were going off. I mean, Zach Veach, I think, hit every piece of real estate that there was <sighs> that out there. Yeah. And I felt bad for him because he's like, you know, obviously he's struggling with the car. You know, Zach Veach is a good driver. But it was, but that was tough. It was a tough spot, tough place. And, you know, if, 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 you're, if, you're, if you're not happy with one area of, that, of the car, you know, that place is hard to drive around because you, you, you're in such a competitive racing series. You know, if you're 10th off, you're, you know, I forget who it was, but I think it was Marcus actually in qualifying. He was like, 
I can't believe it. I was like uh, tenth off. Or yeah, something. it was, I was margins. I was twenty. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was, and it's like, yeah, that's that's what happens. Like you, you're looking for the smallest margins, and Joseph Newgarden started sixteenth. You know what I mean? Like it's it was crazy to see. Um, you know, in qualifying when when it when it comes down to it, the smallest of margins, and and that's what those guys are fighting for. That's why they're going off the track. They got to figure out the absolute maximum limit of of what they can do. And and I thought it was. A very strange weekend, but as you said, yes, the the veterans prevailed. I think because of their experience with the tire, because of you know their experience with managing a race, fuel saving. Obviously, there 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 was a lot of fuel saving at the end of the race. Yeah, there was. Yeah, um, that last stint was very long. Uh, so so it it was definitely uh, a veteran type race, as we saw. The top five is littered with veterans. To get to the to more weirdness, uh, no Andretti. No Penske in the Fast Six shootout for qualifying. That was the first time there was not a Penske car in the Fast Six in five years, which really? is the craziest thing. Wow. It's a crazy stat. Um, yeah, but obviously, I mean, yeah, just I mean, just Will Power not being in the Fast Six is crazy enough. But then you don't have yeah. Joseph or Simon there. Um, what, what what happened to Penske's? I know you're not in that team or embedded yeah. in that team like you are with Andretti. But what happened? Do you think that? Well, it, it, just, it just goes to show you though how competitive the series is, right? I mean, it's just. You know, even if it's Penske, at some, if if you don't happen to nail it and you haven't been able to find the right technical direction, you know the drivers are still the drivers. Like Will Power is still Will Power, but if he doesn't have the car where he exactly needs it, he's not going to be able to do his job. So clearly, they just they they didn't find exactly what they needed in time. Um, and you know, I, I think Joseph, Joseph had a really good race. I was really impressed. He's obviously really good at that track. We know that. Yeah. But, but he started in the back, and he was—I mean—he was making moves. And and again, that's why he's a championship caliber driver. The guy's, you know, puts his puts himself in a position to take advantage of all the points possible in a day. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes that will happen. And, and in, in IndyCar racing, there will be times where you know the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team will be the victor, and Penske will have a, a rough day. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why they do it. You see, you see RLL. Ganassi and Coin and Penske and Andretti in the top five. Yeah. Five different teams in the top six, different teams in the top six. So that's that's a pretty wild statistic to see. It is. Because everyone's quite close. But when you have six teams in the top six, that's that's the type of sport that we're in. You know, everyone is is pretty close and the playing field is pretty uh is, is pretty impressive. Is the playing field even between the two engine manufacturers? Because if I go through this, I see Honda, 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 you got Joseph Chevy, <laughs> then Honda, 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 Honda. And they got Simon at nine. Yeah, well, Chevy, I just think Honda. there are more Hondas. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Realistically, there are more Hondas. So you don't th- you don't think it was more of a Honda looked uh, had a better car this weekend? Or no? I would love to think that Honda's got <laughs> an incredible engine package coming up for the next couple months. But uh, but uh, you know, I mean, these both these ma- manufacturers just work their butts off to try and figure out the next little bit and. It's really hard to think that there's more improvements because there's such a small window for development of the engines that they still find something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, coming to May, I mean, that's the most important point. It doesn't matter how well your engine goes now. As long as it goes and it goes really fast in May, people don't care. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Chevy was the powerhouse last year. We're hoping that Honda is going to be the powerhouse this year. Um, Seems to go back and forth. It does year to year a little bit. It does, yeah, yeah. Because I think there's so much motivation to win that race that if you have a bad month, that that the manufacturer's like, what do we need to do? Like, you look at every millimeter of this engine and what can we do to make it faster? And and that's what that's what's so cool to have competition. That's why I hope you know, as we talked about in a previous episode, we get a third manufacturer. I was just thinking the same thing. Man, it'd be fun with a third one. I think that once a third manufacturer gets involved and sees and sees how hard these two current manufacturers work, it's like, hey. 
this is why we do it. It's competition, right? You want to be the best of the best that are in the sport that you're taking part in, and, and hopefully we get a nice third engine manufacturer soon. I hope so, too. Jay Fry talked about it this weekend. We should probably, I guess I can hit that news-wise. He, <laughs> he did a, a little press conference there with, with Mark Miles, and just somebody asked him about it, of course, and uh, he said, we're getting to the point where it's not going to be a luxury so much as it is a necessity. The way yeah. that the way the, spe- the series is growing, I mean, you're talking about we had 24 cars on track at Alabama. 100% need a third manufacturer. Absolutely. Because, it, yeah, it's just, it's it's maximum importance. It gives the, it potentially gives the opportunity to more young drivers to get support from manufacturers. Because right now, it's Honda and Chevy. Like, you know, Honda support a certain amount of drivers, obviously. Chevy, Chevy hasn't really been known to support drivers financially, really. Um, but I think when, when you have three manufacturers, and then you have three manufacturers fighting over possibly, you know, really, you know, good drivers that, that, that helps the driver market also. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's coming. I think, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know about this Let's year. So. Somebody asked, um, somebody asked if would they be willing to, uh, I think it was delay the, like a delay the input of the new, you know, the new engines coming, you know, <clears throat> yeah. I think it's supposed to be 2021. And I think the question was, would you be willing to delay that to 2022 if that meant getting a third engine manufacturer? Yeah. And Jay was like, we're really kind of all, yeah, yeah uh, I'll, you know, we're, that's we're, tough. 2022 is a long way away. I know, I know. And there, <laughs> I want a new engine tomorrow. That's, <laughs> I think most teams agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. No, no, no new news on that front. I did a lot more snooping around this weekend, but you know, like I said, no news. It's just, it's one, of, this is one of the most uh, tightly guarded secrets I yeah. think we've, uh, we found in an in IndyCar in here in a while. So well, I drove a Lamborghini over the weekend and put one of those things did, in an IndyCar. Did you, did you, did you ask around? He's like, Hey, you guys come in IndyCar? I didn't hear, I didn't hear anything <laughs> about it, but I certainly, it's, it's, it's definitely had a wonderful sounding engine. So I, I don't think IndyCar fans would mind that. Well, we'll, we'll be talking about your win here soon, but I want to get to, uh, I want to get to Long Beach and Unless there's a, I mean, like I said, I actually had fun with this last time. I want to round out the top 10, and I want you to just pick somebody to talk about that we haven't talked about. So we got Sato. Dixon finished second in it for the 100th time. Bourdais, third. Joseph Newgarden, fourth. We touched on him. Alexander Rossi, fifth. James Hinchcliffe, sixth. Marcus Erickson, seventh. Ryan Hunter Ray, eighth. Simon, Simon Pagino, ninth, which is finally a good result for him. Yeah. He's had a rough go of it. And Felix Rosenquist, tenth. And so there you go. If there, unless there's somebody outside, we didn't talk about. We, you know, Herta had the, you know, like you said, the fuel problem. Ray Hall, man, yeah. that he got robbed. That guy had a top That's five a car, shame. and yeah. yeah, he finished. He ended up finishing 23rd. Uh, I'm trying. Spencer to think. Piggott got robbed, I oh, think, as yeah. well. Poor guy. He had a great qualifying result. Yeah, um, great. I mean, that was his best really qualifying, qualifying ever, really. I mean, yeah. road, road and street there. And he was. He was. You know, he was leading the Chevy camp essentially. You know what I mean? Which, Which is, is really cool. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good for Ed Carpenter yeah. Racing to be to out qualify the uh, Penske's. Yeah, I mean, I think they gotta. Still, there's something in the races that just you know they gotta gotta wrap their heads around a little bit. Ed Jones jumped to start by a hundred million miles, which is a shame. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it happens. Are you, I mean, you are you saying that? that are you no, saying Alex, that sarcastically? It, Alex was the first guy to say it on the radio. He was like, Ed Jones just passed a hundred million cars. <laughs> I mean, you got to give, I mean, Hey, if you get a good jump and you want to, you know, the start is so important at that, that track. I mean, just, just let it, let, let it go and then see what happens. Well, but, he was starting 21st. So what, you know what? He ended up like eighth. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, why not? Why not I mean, try it? Yeah, I, I don't know if you're gonna, if you're starting twenty first and you're gonna get penalized to go to the back of the field, which he absolutely did because he jumped the well, heck out of that start. Yeah. I mean, you know what's tough at Barber? I think I've seen it every single year coming out of that last corner. Someone always hits someone, and there were four cars piling up again because no one at the back. Any, I mean, I've been a part of. I mean, I've I've not hit anyone at the back because I've I've started back there at Barber. Absolutely, but like everyone gets 
jumpy out of that last corner because there's that accordion effect and three people were hitting each other and if you don't want to hit the car in front of you you obviously got to go and unless you back off you know you kind of look you know kind of look like a gypsy <laughs> if, if you if you do back off, yeah. So you, he just went for it. So. I, I like. I mean, I was bold, but it clearly looked like it was not yeah, illegal. That's I don't tough. I, I don't mean, know. That's that's a tough move. But but, but uh, you know, he, oh, I don't. Again, he he started twenty first. So I'm not. I, yeah. Why not take? Why not if take you, the if risk? If you get lucky and get away with it, then, if you can get away, you it was I, the replay of that was so funny though. Oh, I yeah, loved I loved was, watching it because he's just yeah. scooting past everybody. Yep. Did was it, did Al, you said you heard on Alex? Did he was yeah. he complaining so about someone, it? Or, yeah. Oh, like someone jumped the start. I'm like, yeah, I think we saw that. Because even the guys, it was like, was that Pete? Was that Jones? Like, what? <laughs> like, well, who? Who is that? But yeah, uh, that was a shame, you know. But good for you know, you got to give it a shot. Yeah. Hopefully, those guys. I mean, those guys will obviously be really good at Indy. We know the Carpenter team is going to show up and could do two hundred and forty miles an hour, and we have no idea why. But they're but that should be exciting. He's got the secret. He's got the but secret a, sauce. You said the top ten. No yeah. one in the top ten is surprising. It's like okay. literally all the people. You're like, yep, okay, that makes sense. I have I, no, I have nothing to say about it. I will. I will. I just. <laughs> Credit to James Hinchcliffe, who apparently yeah. who was sick all week, and had oh yeah, I didn't see him. He was sick all week, I guess, and then had like real like neck stiffness. And I was, you know, I was thinking, what a bad track to have neck stiffness at. Yeah, not great. So it's not great. <laughs> I mean, and again, I, to be fair to him, or honest, I think he, he he probably had a better car than sixth. He had a better car than I think starting fourth. Yeah. So it probably wasn't his favorite result in the world, but I mean, not a bad race by any means. I'm just saying, I think good for that team. Yeah, you know, six, six seven is a good put, start. You're putting away points for the, you know, he's, what is he, seventh in the championship now, so that's that's not bad. No. Moving forward, you're all right. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we'll move on to Long Beach. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the, I was going to, you're taking off on that flight today, right? Yep, think so. What's yeah. your, what's your, you got a busy schedule. I, is Long Beach a place where you guys are more busy, drivers are more busy than usual? Because it's, it's California, there's a lot to do, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, well, I mean, any of our LA friends, right? Like, that's like, like Marco, Alex, me, like, we, we got like a lot of LA friends, and that's the only race that everyone comes to, right? And it's the big, you know, celebrity event. Like, there's, if, if anyone knows any celebrities, they're coming. I got a couple of the LA Chargers coming to the race and trying to sort that out, which is kind of cool, That's but cool. I don't actually get credentials since I'm not racing there that weekend. So you got to try and beg, borrow with steel. Um, you sure yeah. know a couple people, but I mean, I love long beach. I mean, it's a great, great environment for a race. Um, you know, for, for me, it's really important because the CEO of mankind diabetes is out there and that's his first IndyCar race that he's coming to this weekend. So, um, got to show him around and, and make sure that, um, you know, he's really impressed with everything. So, so it's a, it's a business weekend for me, big time business weekend for me. And then obviously, uh, you know, I might actually, uh, you know, go with him to Arizona as well while we're out there to go talk to some doctors about this, you know, new drug of Frezza that we're, that we're using and taking. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just fun. All the drivers love it because everyone loves going to the West coast. Uh, it's, there's a big Honda, uh, event like on Wednesday, a lot of the, all the Honda drivers are going to go to, I think I'm going to go to that as well. I'm going to okay. tag along. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, it's fun. You know, racer has their big party out there and yep. there's a lot of, a lot of different stuff that goes on. Um, and it's a great race too. It's yeah. Race. It's, I mean, it's obviously historic, but yeah, that's, I just, one of the things I want to touch on, cause I don't think necessarily fans know how the business side of it, I think really picks, I mean, at a place and I, no, no, no offense to Alabama, but it's, it's yeah. the business side of it at Alabama versus Long Beach is, is a massive difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andretti hospitality was pretty calm at Barber. But uh, you'll have to fight to get in at uh, Long Beach. Exactly, and so I, it's one of those things. I think I think it's interesting to fans mm-hmm. to know. You, you know, you have you're focused on the race, obviously, but there's a lot of other things going on during that weekend for you guys. Um, so that's Long Beach oh, yeah. first brings that. 
Second thing it brings, uh, at least in recent years, is uh, just a lot of diversity in terms of who's winning. We've had six different winners uh, from six different teams the last um, the last six years. Interesting I, I, stat. I'm going to go here. We got Rossi last year with, with Andretti, Hinchcliffe with Schmidt the year before, Simon with Penske the year before that, Dixon with Ganassi, Mike Conway in 2014. I'm, that's, a, oh, at, yeah. that's Ed, right? Yeah. In 2014, yeah. And then Takuma with Foyt, I think, was yeah. so. That's, is that Foyt's last win, too? Yeah. Yep, yep. I remember. So those are, I mean, that's six. And then before that, the one who breaks the streak is Power in 2012. Yeah. Uh, so that's another Penske. But yeah, six different winners, six different times. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording this podcast. Do you think that streak comes to an end this week, huh? I Alex Rossi's in a good spot right now. I'm not going to jinx anything, obviously, but he's... Uh, He's feeling pretty good. Uh, I, I, I I rode with him uh, on the way back home. We drove from Barbara to Indy because I obviously didn't have a car. <laughs> um, and and him and his dad were talking about, yeah, I think we're going to win the next like eight in a row. That'd oh, be cool, Well, right? that's good, yeah. So I was like, they, they were feeling pretty good about it. Um, but I said, nah, I don't think so. I, I, I gotta try. I'm gonna try and win Indy. Yeah, okay. How about that? It's like so. So we'll see. Seven out of eight's not bad. He but yeah, no. Yeah. I, I mean, Andretti's in a good spot right now. The team has been consistently up front. Barbara was a struggle for I think everyone. Yeah. Um, and those guys, you know, to have still though two cars in the top top eight is is pretty solid. I mean, that's that's good for them. If you if your bad weekend is finishing fifth, yeah, you know what I mean. That's a good championship well, run. Even Veach was twelfth. I mean, three in the top yeah. uh, twenty four cars. They had three in the top you know, half, he, so he it's not bad. Up, yeah, Zach Zach made up for you know. He had a great race. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, Alex seems to, his driving style really suits Long Beach um, and, and Ryan as well. I think Ryan, Ryan's been really good this year so far. He's been consistently up front as well. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you, you, never, you can never count out Dixon, though. You can never count out the Penske's there. Um, you know, again, it, it, IndyCar, I think, is the hardest to predict. It is absolutely the hardest to predict who's going to win. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll when you see. say, when you say, uh, it's a track that suits Alex. We hear this a lot from drivers and from teams when they say this is a track that suits my style. What, what do you mean by that? Well, there's, there's, I mean, certain tracks just suit certain drivers. Okay. Um, you know, Detroit suits me for some reason. You know, we've always done well there. You don't know no what it is, though? You don't know why you is. feel comfortable there? Nope. Okay. I don't know why. I, well, I mean, I like street courses. Okay. Any, any street course, you know, we've always, we've, I've always had a pretty decent run at. Um, you know, Long Beach as well. You know, I won the Indy Lights race there, and I, I love that track. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's Alex, I mean, every year he's been there, obviously since he's been an Indy car, he's been really fast. You know, he blew up when he was leading, I think as well, or she probably should have won that race. Um, and, and yeah, I think they're like in Indy is one that, you know, obviously Ed Carpenter has got a really good hold of. He loves that place. He's really good there. And, and you, you can, you can, you can always pick them out. Um, St. Pete, you know, you can never count out Bourdais. Bourdais is always going to end up really fast there. Same at Barber's. You know, New Garden's always going to be fast at Barber's. Yeah. Joseph, like, he's won everything there, right? So there's certain tracks that just suit, suit, suit certain people. Um, and I think Long Beach is one of them for Alex. So, you know, it's, 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 it, 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 you can't necessarily point to why. It's just everyone drives a little bit differently, right? You always want just a little bit out of the car, uh, you know, differently compared to the driver next to you. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's what happens when you get to Long Beach is Alex, whatever it is about that place suits his, the way he likes to drive. Yeah. If people forgot he was, uh, you referenced this in 2017, he was leading the race. Yeah. Andretti was having an incredible day yeah. and then they had just a disastrous second half of the race. Yeah, exactly. uh, I think Ryan, I think Ryan blew up and somebody got into a crash and Alex yeah. blew up. It was just a bad, that was when Honda engines weren't in 2017. That was kind of the beginning of that weird time for Honda. It's that a tough spot. Yeah. 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 So then, and then last year, again, just to recap, Alex, I think, led every practice session 
on started on pole yeah. and led uh, uh, I don't know how many laps I think he led all the laps I don't know I have to look but I think he led a lot of them it's just to um, to refresh everybody on what's going on there so and a confident Alex as well is is hard to uh, it's hard to go up against it when Alex is confident going into a weekend uh, you know that's pretty uh, he's in a good spot yeah so, so we'll see 71 out of 80 last year yeah. so that's a that's a that's a pretty dominant day not bad I, I would say uh, but how are these rookies gonna do you never know you could have rookie surprises Colton could be really good there you never know yeah I mean we had a street circuit where Felix was really good I mean that yeah. first at St. Pete Felix is really good there but I was gonna ask you is there something about Long Beach that makes it unpredictable in that way more than others because like i said six six different drivers from six different teams is really interesting over the last six years and it could just be a coincidence but i was wondering if there's something about long beach that makes it i don't know a little less you can't you know you can't nail it down every race yeah i think it's because of of, of how easy it is to make a mistake there right you gotta you get someone to make some mistake or, or hits the wall ends up in the tire barrier causes a yellow throws things up into you know up into a fit and then the restarts are wild there so there's always good racing i mean there's always um, some incredibly brave moves being thrown out there. And then you've obviously got the hairpin where <clears throat> it could end up being a disaster. So, um, so I think that's why it always, uh, always ends up being an interesting race at some point. I mean, I, I, when I raced there in 15, uh, you know, there was no yellows at all. Right. So it was kind of like, it was a little bit different, okay. a little bit more, you know, more calm. Um, <clears throat> but then there are times where it's, you know, it's just crazy overall. So you, you just never know what you'll get depending on who hits who and who hits the wall. So that's, that's basically, that basically what turns the race into something really interesting. Yeah. We had four, four cautions last year and, yeah. um, I remember we also had, I think, yeah, was it last year? Was the the Bourdais incredible pass? Yeah, uh, that I mean, guy, that he got penalized. Let's not for. talk. Yeah, let's let's pretend yeah. it didn't get penalized. Yeah. I, I I don't. I I mean, what, did you, what did you think of that? Do you remember what you? Th- I, I thought he got pushed out. And no that, idea how he stopped the car, if I'm honest, because I just watched the onboard again, and like the first downshift he made was like, like he hadn't <laughs> even slowed down yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for him. There's a lot of space there you can use, and he just happened to slide right into the right uh, area there, which is perfect. I loved it. It was great. And then, I mean, the the uh, post-race rant that he yeah. went on afterward was among my all-time favorites. Oh, and, yeah. And, I mean, I Seb's- love a good French rant. Yeah. <laughs> No one escaped his wrath in that no one. one. So yeah, if you're if you're look, if you're looking for a good laugh or a good trip down memory lane, go check out go check out that rant because it's it's like 500 Tremendous. words of just yeah. anger yeah, and and everyone gets a little piece of it. So that's fun. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we talked about the rookies having a could be who. I mean, yeah, is there a rookie that you're looking to kind of bounce back? Hol- Colton. I mean, I think again to be to be. Very 100% clear with everybody. We're all cheering for Colton Herter to win, so we all get free King Tacos. <laughs> but, uh, free Tacos, it, yes. that's important. He's also getting the sponsor on the car. He had a sponsor on the car last week. I think yeah. you and I talked about this on our last episode, that those guys are working hard to try to find some sponsors for that car. Yeah. Uh, they got one last still, week. Still you know, still right on the edge of, of you know... Of, of having the budget that they need so it's 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 a tough it's game. critical yeah it's a tough game but the but the you know their job is to go out every weekend and try and win races and that's what they've been doing that colton was fast all weekend again in barber and mm-hmm. he was in a good spot for another top 10 so i have no doubt that with those guys old nathan o'rourke over there and his his crew of guys andy lista and the assistant engineer who's my engineer for the indy 500 um they're going to be really good. They're okay. going to be really good. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to do you want to make any fun predictions? I already you already know. I don't want to like make. I don't you, like predicting you, anything. No, no. Right, who's going to have Who's going to have a good race outside of the Andretti crew? How about that? Just not. You don't have to say who's going to win. Um, you just give me a guy or two or a team that you think will join the Andretti group because I know you're pretty confident about the, the way Schmidt they're going to go. Team. Okay. Yeah, I think Hinch and Marcus keep it rolling. I think they keep it rolling. They've been that's, quick. That's what I would predict. And I think that people haven't necessarily necessarily yet 
seen like the fruits of the labor of, of Arrow coming yeah. on and what that means for that team. And it, I think it was always going to take time Yes, uh, for that all to pay off. It might even be next year where I think that mm-hmm. really pays off. But I, I think, think they're uh, going the right way. But yeah, they, they seem to be trending in the right direction. Hinchcliffe is kind of having that year like he did last year, which was like quietly having Steady. a top five, six, yeah. top six. Steady. Yeah, staying in the championship. And obviously it hadn't been for Indy last year. He would have been right in the thick of the championship. Exactly. But uh, so yeah, assuming all goes well at Indy in a couple in a month for him. Um, yeah, it should be, he should be among the championship contenders. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the other uh, topic of the day, which is your your sweet, sweet victory in, oh, uh, in a Lamborghini, the Super, Trofe- Super Trofeo series. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I said that wrong. Um, tell, yeah, tell us about it. That was, that was pretty uh-huh. cool. I mean, you were, you, 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 I talked to you, I think, what, an hour before the race, and you go, uh, I've never driven this car before, and the guy that yeah. I'm, my teammate I'm with, is, uh, he's never driven this track before. So yeah. combined, we're pretty good, but <laughs> and that's what it was, right? It was combined. You guys ended up putting a win together. So yeah, take us to that race a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, uh, anytime you get to race on an IndyCar weekend uh, was nice. Uh, you know, it was good to just be active again. Um, and the cars were a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Lamborghini, uh, you know, essentially gives them a lot of horsepower and a lot of downforce. And you got ABS and traction control. So it's really weird. It's a weird driving style. But I had never driven the car before the weekend, and our, our promoter test day, we had some issues, and I only got like three laps there either, so uh, so it was tough. You know, my teammate is, is, is a good driver, Brandon Godovic, and and um, and he's had a lot of experience in the cars, but had never driven a Barber. That series had never raced a Barber right. before, so, uh, so yeah, it was tough, but... You know, the way those races work, it's two drivers in a 50-minute race, so it all happens pretty quick, and, and he got a really good start, uh, you know, from like fifth to basically the lead, um, and uh, sort of came in, and we came out of the pit second, uh, and I, I just had to basically finish the race on, and you don't get to change tires at all in our pit stop, so, you know, the tires are getting old, it was getting really hot, um, but, uh, but yeah, it was fun. Passed for the lead and then basically just held off the guys who, you know, who had won the championship the last, uh, I think last two years, Corey Lewis and Richard Antonucci. So, uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. Nice to, nice to get a win. And I was obviously right before IndyCar qualifying. So everyone was out there and it was, you know, it was funny to see, you know, Hinch and, and Marco. Yeah. And, I saw Hinch came in. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was, it was fun. I mean, you know, it, it it's, it's obviously, you know, not where I, uh, you know, my, my, ultimate goal is but it's nice to be you know in a, in a good series with a lot of good competition um and, and winning races it's just nice to get that winning feeling again and uh at the time i had been basically three for three on every race that i'd gone so i'd done so far i'd won three races in a row and i was <laughs> undefeated and i was like oh shoot you know we got to win this race on sunday too to to keep that streak going but uh we had our right rear wheel fall off on Sunday, so yeah, <laughs> we almost <laughs> had a, a four. I almost had a four win streak going, and then basically Indy was the next one. So I was like, "Shoot, I got to win Indy too to keep this undefeated <laughs> streak alive." But uh, but yeah, it was it was a great weekend for us because we're trying to win that championship, and um, you know we were like we were, we we're second in the championship even though we had a failure, uh, you know, on Sunday. So so it's nice, uh, really fun to do that. I think the next race isn't even until June thirtieth, which is okay. wild. So that's what I was going to ask It's you all next. indie prep. You know, I was on the simulator yesterday with Andretti for the first time, sort of working with them, um, which is really cool. Uh, it's already just such a such a nice environment to be working in, uh, very very high level. Um, so so yeah. The next time, you know, next time I'm out on track is very soon, April 24, um, you know, for the test. So it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you and Fernando and a bunch of other guys. Fernando, actually, yeah. as we're recording, this is on track right now with at Texas Motor Speedway. Have you, yeah. you got your phone out? I responded to him. Yeah, I, I I said I said to Fernando, I said Texas is a wild place, man. More fun with other cars on track though, with one of those like winky the tongue out faces. <laughs> and he only sent me the 
the two like sick crying face emojis. I don't know what that means. Is he sad that the tr- that there's no other cars out there, or is he nervous? I, I don't know. Ner- I don't know. But That's I got the, all I got was two emojis from Fernando Alonso. Oh, he's, so. he's he's pretty good at the emojis. Thank you, the Fernando, for, for <laughs> letting us know that you have it looks like a cold head and you're maybe crying because there's no other cars out there. Well, so. it is sad. You'll Some, enjoy it though. Someone should go out and enjoy it. Texas him. is fun. I like the Texas track, and I think he, you know. They got a little testing going on. McLaren's going for it. A little Texas test, a little, uh, little indie test. I mean, they're, they're doing maximum prep, so they, good for them. They're doing what, yeah, they're doing what they think they need to do, what they should yeah. be doing to get that ready. But I uh, wish I could be testing in Texas, but hey, <laughs> it's all right. You'll, get, you'll be in the car in a, yeah. a few weeks. A few weeks. But exactly. um, uh, I wanted to ask you about the – yeah, the Lamp- so yeah, when's your next race? If- so that's not till like the six hours of the Glen weekend, so it's okay. like uh, June 30th. So we got, we got a lot of time. A lot of time. Okay. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the Indy car, the Indy 500 goes well in between that. We'll all be happy. <laughs> and then, um, okay, so we got to talk about because you got a million questions about it, and I'm sorry we have to address the, your yes. your sadness. Speaking of speaking of sad, sad emojis, um, yeah. you had a great day in the car in a Lamborghini. You had a bad weekend in the car in the Subaru. Ooh. Yeah. Tell what happened. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I Subaru. got down fine. You know, the car's freshly built. Everything was nice coming down. You know, I obviously don't make great gas mileage, but it was uh, it was all very nice and easy. Uh, and then got back, you know, to the hotel after being at the track on on a Thursday night, I think, or th- yeah, Thursday or Friday night. And it started seeing there's a little couple issues with the idle. I uh, thought it was an easy little vacuum leak. We just plug in a hose. Uh, but then all of a sudden it was misfiring and then now we're, you know, then it was like, oh man, now we have a cylinder four misfire. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we definitely <laughs> tried to diagnose it. I called my tuner. We were out there, we parked the Subaru in front of the two Lamborghinis and started doing work on it. Possibly the most embarrassing situation I've ever been in, <laughs> in my life. Every single IndyCar team was leaving and all the sports car teams were leaving at the same time. Like, oh, a nice car. I'm like, no, it's not. It's terrible. And they're like. What happened? I'm like, ah, I don't even want to talk about it. So, well, I'm it sorry we're making you do that now. Yeah. No, no, it's quite funny. Uh, <laughs> and then IMSA, they were going to tow it out of the out of the paddock, and I was like, guys, I, it's literally broken. I don't, I'm not trying to take a parking spot here. I don't know who it was at IMSA, but I'm very upset with them because I was like, are you really trying to be that this level of a human being right now? You're literally coming to me saying, yeah, we're going to call a tow truck for it. It can't be tow truck for it. It can't be here. I was like. I don't want it to be no here. One like, wants I'm not, it there, I'm yeah. not parking it here. <laughs> like I will move I moved it a hundred yards and it was out of the IMSA area <laughs> and he was fine with it. And I was like Thank you for being a person that I do not want to interact with ever again in my well, life. You're already oh. having a bad day. Why I, I just I had no sympathy at all. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not, everyone here is cool with it. Everyone here is fine with it. The Pirelli guys that were, that we was parked next to, they were totally fine with it. I already said I had a trailer that was bring, leaving with it on Sunday. But, you know, sometimes people just have to be just that power hungry. words that you can't say. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> not, it's just not, I, I do not enjoy that so imsa please sort your such sort your situation out there there's very unkind people to a poor man who's just his car is broken just and all i want to do <laughs> i had to move it 100 yards and then it was totally fine so uh so yeah so now i it got taken back i think i, I put out a tweet the internet was helping out um i was starting to make calls and the uh obviously my friends at the indycar two-seater uh indycar oh. indy racing experience how nice of them they had an extra trailer. Okay, so they towed you back. So they they brought my car back. Where yeah. is it at your house? It, no, we... it's at Graham Ray Hall Performance again. Is, so Graham, Graham, is Graham helping you? Oh, he's... yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he gets it. He was cool. He was like, "All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna try and find out whether you know what what happened." Because I think 
I think it will be okay, but it was a situation where I could not drive it home if I wanted to protect my investment. So, <laughs> didn't you? So you, we'll you, see. You just got this thing back, right? Just got it done. What yeah. was? When was that? How many weeks? Three ago weeks ago, essentially three, four weeks ago. Good grief! But you know, cars are cars. Things happen, and 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 I, you know, it's it's an old car. Like it is an old car. Like what what I did to it. Not everything is new. Still, like it's not like you can replace every piece in there. How old is it? It's two thousand four. Oh, it's got okay. One hundred forty thousand miles. Okay. So it's it's a lot. And you know what? It's maybe it's lived its life. I don't know. But I, I literally don't own another car. Like I had to drive it down and I'm like, oh, the only thing I want out of this Indy five hundred is enough prize money to just, buy a car. Just gonna yeah, ask I you just, that. Is I, that is that where the money goes? I have to finish in the top three essentially to get enough money to perhaps purchase a, a low priced vehicle. Um and yeah, and and I still have to sell my motorcycle too. So if anyone knows anyone who wants to buy a motorcycle, please let me know. Um <laughs> Because that I need to get rid of that, but it's but it, I couldn't sell it over winter. Tweet at IndyCar Weekly if you know if somebody you know Just, wants a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's at Connor Daily. It's an EBR RX eleven ninety, only a thousand <laughs> miles, uh, great condition. I've only ridden it a few times, so yeah. Let me know eight eight thousand dollars. Thanks. Yeah. Do you have it posted anywhere? Do you have that? I think I think my brother put it on Craigslist All right, or something. Craigslist. I'll figure it out. Okay. Just let me know if you want to buy it because I need to get rid of it. It's I'll sign it for. I don't care. I'll sign you. Give you a bunch of shirts or something. Who knows. This is my favorite, this is my favorite segment of the podcast so far. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, okay, and then yeah, I think we all have to know who was the who who came to your uh, rescue and drove you home. Well, thankfully, Alex, Alex, Alex Rossi drove from Indy himself. So like he also drove um, this car that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I rented and, the car though, and so yeah, so I. I mean, he's obviously always helped me out in the past, so so he's like, uh, yeah, I can drive you back. So it was me, Alex, Alex's dad, and Alex's dog on the way back to Indy, so Sunday night. Sunday night? So when did you guys get back? Made it back at like 2 a.m. That's not bad. And I was on the simulator by like, you know, 9 in the morning. So oh, good. Wow. Was, you packed it in. Busy. It's been a busy couple was that of days. A fun, was that a fun car ride home, or was it, was it Alex didn't, what, he finished his totally fine. fifth, so yeah, yeah not I bad. I drove most of the Oh, home. you drove? Yeah, I drove. Well, I, I guess that's the half. price you pay, yeah. yeah. I drove halfway <laughs> home, obviously, and then Alex Alex's dad drove the rest, so worked out well. They didn't make you ride on the roof, well. so that's... No, no, but there was a lot of bags in that car, though. Like, we barely fit the dog and trophies and helmets. <laughs> I, yeah, it was wild. Alex is not in a Subaru? No. <laughs> what is He's what's... in a nicer vehicle. We'll just call it a Honda. Okay. Yeah, we'll right. call it a Honda for advertising purposes. Well, we all, I can tell you that the Twitterverse, we're all collectively wishing you the best of luck oh, in, your, in your, your pursuits of... My of, life is just an embarrassing <laughs> facade that's just out, out of control. And with but that, we'll move to... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Yay. Well, we'll get them off. I think, I think there is a super question here, so we'll get you... Uh, I'm sure there is. I got a lot. Do you want to start with the... Oh, yeah. The first one here. Derek, do you want, do you want to read the first one or do you want me to? Sure, I can read it. Yeah. One of those silly hypothetical questions, if you could bring back one piece of classic IndyCar tech, methanol fuel, <laughs> H-pattern boxes, Hanford devices on ovals for the modern cars, what would it be? Signed, a fellow owner of a constantly broken Subaru. Uh, kindred spirits Derek, you are, yeah. I feel you. Derek yeah. Lundy at Derek Lundy, you are, yeah, you guys are yeah, kindred we're, spirits. Yeah, uh, we're there together, brother. <laughs> um, you know, that's actually a really good question. Uh, Hanford devices. I used a Hanford device when I was racing this Skip Barber National Series. The Skip Barber National Series in 2008, it had Hanford devices on it, and it was some of the best racing of any race week. We, we could have been racing at 7.30 in the morning. We had a great crowd on the IndyCar weekends that we were going because it was like you'd go from first to ninth in one straight, and then you'd go back again first to ninth to first in one straight. So 
I love the Hanford devices. I'm sure people in IndyCar would hate them now, um, but but gosh, did they create some incredible incredible drafting um, and racing? H pattern boxes? No, that's dumb. Uh, that's just that's just annoying. I, I like the fast <laughs> shifting and just just focus on the driving side of it. Methanol fuel? I don't really want to go up in an invisible bomb fire. Um, <laughs> But uh, but definitely Hanford devices I would I would consider very interesting for the less technically inclined listeners describe to us what a Hanford device is. Uh, it's basically just a it's it's there's the rear wing and you basically it's basically creating a parachute. So you put like a just like a flat it's like a flat piece of of carbon metal or whatever and it's like you know it's a it's a considerably large piece. It it basically just creates a ton of drag. Okay, right, but it creates a massive toe, massive draft and. Like for us in the Skip Barber car, it was you know a very simple device. It was made out of steel or something <laughs> or iron, and it was like you had a rear wing, and it was just basically it was like a tail, but it was like just a flat. Like okay. it was basically like a parachute. So it just created a, it was very draggy, but it created a huge draft. I'm kind of fun. Yeah. It seems like to drive with. I mean, I Google mean, it. It's a better. I can't describe it without using my hands, and and I, you obviously can't see my. This hands. is not a video. We did a video over the weekend, but this is yeah. not a video. This is only a podcast. Sorry. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on, James Washburn. I'll read this one at Wash <clears throat> B U Booge B U J E. Is we'll that what go it is? With that, okay. Yeah. At Connor Daily Twenty Two. What are you hoping to learn in the upcoming test day? Which again we mentioned, April Twenty Fourth. Uh-huh. Uh, will you go faster than Fred Fernando Alonso? Mm, well, apparently, Freddy. based based on the emojis he sent you, you, you might be. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, sad, the sad, sick face. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, I think so. What, well, I guess I've heard the test day is split up. So I, for some reason, have to do the refresher again. You do? I just, yeah, it's apparently what I have to do. But you're a veteran that was yeah. there last year. I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, the honestly, okay. it, you know, whatever. We'll just bust through that. But, um, but just honestly, the test day for me is just to do laps. I mean, I think it's just to get into the system, see how Andretti works. I'm sure we're going to do some magic andretti toe sessions and you know go out there with five cards and start running in a pack and i think really realistically for us that that test day is a good judge of you know what 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 level of pure speed is each car at like we'll go out all by ourselves right and maybe all the same setup and see okay which car is actually the fastest or what what car do we need to try and work on over the next like two weeks to maybe find a little bit more raw speed make it make it less draggy or something um, I think that's the most important thing is to figure out how much raw speed does your car actually have because at Indy that's so important. It doesn't I can't push the pedal any harder if the car isn't isn't <laughs> very nice and slippery through the air and and not very draggy. Yeah, you know you you won't know that um, you know until you go out there and just basically have five six cars you know running at the same time and with the same setup and just see you know, see which car is the fastest or see, you know, see how you compare. So that'll probably be a, you know, a big part of the day. Will I go faster than Fred? (laughs) I don't know. I think so. I I think Fred's going to struggle. It's going to be a tough, tough game there at first. I think fair to expect it's just a process. It's a new team. You know, they got a lot of smart people over there. Andy Brown, the engineer is one of the most incredible people I think I've ever interacted with. He's got an incredible brain. Um, and so I, I do I do not think that they will be struggling for very long, but I think, hey, it takes time. It takes time to get out there and learn and, and figure it out, even for you know a legend like Fernando. Uh, I want to tack on to that question before we move to the next one and also give me time to look something up in preparation for our third question. <laughs> but just to ask you, um, 
you said you got a chance to go in the simulator. Yes. What uh, in terms of preparing for that test day? What did you learn? What did you feel in there with it? Uh, you, and, and you've talked about it. you haven't had a lot of time on the sim. So how how was that? Yeah, I'd never been in the Honda sim, and I've done a full season with Honda before. So it's just <laughs> it's just a matter of you know where you're at budget wise and what you can do. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's just about learning. You know, we, we'll try different driver setups. You know, from last year. Obviously, we got a lot of teammates to work with. You know, which which setup am I going to gravitate towards most? And in this case, it was it was honestly Alex's. I, I really gravitated towards Alex's cars the most. Um, so it gives my engineer an idea of sort of maybe the setup direction that we might try to go for the month of May. Um, and and it's just about learning, learning you know what what changes we have available to us come the month of May. Um, you know, it's a little bit different than you know some of the teams that I've been with before. Uh, and, and obviously there are certain things that they as a team want to be focused on. So they want to say, Hey, this is stuff that we want to try. And, you know, you, you figure out, you know, what sort of process that is going through those changes and, and yeah, just learning the system. Okay. All right. Third question. I think, uh, yeah, read it up and I got, I got some numbers for you now after you, uh, you do that. Connor, will you be participating in the road race at Indy? Um, what speed will it take to win the pole and make the race for the 500? Um, a lot of people have asked me if I'm doing the road race. That, that I think people don't realize that, that is definitely a fully separate event. Uh, I know they're both at Indy, uh, and there you know there are a lot of Indy cars here, but you know that's still an extra 400 grand that you got to raise to try and do that race, um, potentially 300. Um, so, and and honestly, if you have a car prepared for the oval. You don't want to run that car at the road course because exactly. it's potentially, uh, you know, ruins the body fit and ruins other stuff that, um, you know, you really want for Indy. So if someone had a spare chassis, I, I keep telling Ricardo Yunkos that I would love to do the, the Grand Prix for him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would do it, but sadly we still need a, quite a significant financial partner to do that. Okay. Um, and what speed? Well, that's, I, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but I did, uh. I did want to ask you um, – yeah, I mean, is there is there any benefit to running the road race ahead, or is it just getting in the car? I think I think of the one offs, I think only Elio is 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 going to be running the GP. Yeah. So, is there any benefit to that, or is it really just two separate cars? Two I separate think it's track? great to be racing. Okay. I mean, it's always okay. great to be racing. You know, racing at Indy and, and kind of it gets gets the blood flowing. Um, you know, you don't run, and, and it's you know the the distance of the race is important because it gets your body working for an hour forty five, two hours, nearly whatever how long, however long the road course race is. Because for me, I will not have you know, a three hour stint in the car at all ever since, you know, Pocono last year. So right. it helps to be in that race mode, but you know, it is what it is. Okay. And then, yeah. So what, what speed will it take to win the pole and make the race? So I'm going to give you the numbers from last year and you can tell <laughs> me. Oh, I remember what it was last year. Well, the, let's see. Wait, you remember you said? The, to make the race? To make the yeah, race? Because yeah. you were, I uh, said so you were right on the edge. Oh, I was going to give uh, you, the, I was going to give you the fast nine speed, but, um, here, the Fast 9, Ed Carpenter took the pole at 229.618. It was very hot, though. Okay, it's yeah. very hot. So hot you, is not good. Yeah, because I think Dixon won the pole at 230 or 231 the year before, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. anyway, take a your best guess as to, I mean, will somebody top that, I it guess? It all depends on the weather. He, yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think if it's, if, it's, if it's the same conditions as last year, which we, we obviously know is a very hot month, yeah. um, I, I can't imagine people going faster than what Ed did last year. Um, I mean, there's a few development items, I'm sure, that the teams are going to be working on because they always are. Um, but there haven't really been any, you know, wholesale changes in the car. Um, and however, if it's cooler, if it's a cooler day, I, I could absolutely see 
uh, you know, 231. I could absolutely see that. Um, potentially, potentially even more. Well, Seb was ripping Depends off. Depends on how cool it is. 232, I think, yeah. two years ago when he was, it, that wasn't, that wasn't during the Fast 9, but yeah, exactly. he, I mean, he was, yeah, I mean, it was coming. That's speed. I would say if it's, if it's 60 degrees, if it's 64 degrees, I would say 232 is possible. If it's 90 degrees, 228, 220, or yeah. 229 and a half. 229, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, about yeah. what we saw last year. Yeah. Okay, and uh, <laughs> the second part of this question, or actually the first part of this question, I think you know very well. Yeah. Uh, last year, you had a quite a uh, adventurous bump mm. day yeah, about what it was getting in, but you did. Hey, it was it was drama. Yeah. That's what they wanted, and you uh, you managed, you qualified thirty second that day. Avoided oh, yeah. the drama of the bump. Obviously, Pippa Man and James Hinchcliffe didn't make the race. You finished one spot ahead of James Davison with two twenty four point eight seven four. Davison was the last car in at two twenty four point seven nine eight. Yes. Uh, so yes, do you expect? I guess I mean it's the same answer, right? To the yeah, do those I mean, numbers change? The numbers change about two mile an hour depending on the temperature. On the temperature, right? I, yeah. I think there are certain cars though. You know, like we, that was the fastest we could go, right? Like every lap was like 224A, 224A, 224A. Like you couldn't go any faster. So I'm just curious to see. Um, I, I bet the field's a little bit closer. I, I wouldn't say it's going to be that um, that speed. I would say potentially 225 okay. to make it. But again, it depends on the weather. Really, it really depends on the weather. And if it's hot, it could be 224. Um, because if it's hot, the cars that are struggling are going to struggle even more. Okay. And if it's cold, the cars that are struggling are going to be, a l- uh, well, it's going to help a, a little lot. tighter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, cause last year between the difference between if it's hotter, the gap is going to be larger. If it's cooler, the field's going to be a lot tighter. It was, I mean, it was hot last year. Just to your, to speak to your point, Elio turned, this is, this was on bump day. Elio turned to two twenty eight nine versus Davison's two twenty four seven. So that, I mean, we're yeah. talking about four miles an hour, which yeah. is significant, obviously. Um, it is. Yeah. So, but you're not planning on being anywhere near that number not again. Even close. Not even yeah. close. You'll be up near That's Elio. The plan. Okay. I would like that. I would like to at least. All right. That was by the way. Oh, I forgot to mention that was from Jack at Jack at Jack Swan. Jack Swan. Okay. Uh, from Brian Kelly, with Alonzo in this year's race, which driver, past or present, would you like to see <clears throat> drive in the 500? Uh, what, 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 what is your answer to that? I don't know. I mean, what, does that mean dead or alive, or does that mean or somebody that was somebody that? I don't know. Let's go with like current individuals around the sport. Does that mean okay? And is it, does that also mean somebody that's not driven the five hundred before? I would say so. Yes. Let's go with that. <sighs> okay. I know mine. Okay, go for it. I'll think. Uh, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell. Yep, that's um, Kyle Larson was one of the okay. Sebastian Vettel. Oh yeah. And um, Lewis will never do it because he'll never uh, Lewis has been down to the IndyCar world. <laughs> He seemed to enjoy his interaction with Takuma with the 500. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. who knows? I know he'll never do it, but he didn't. You're right. You're right. Never mind. I don't yeah. know why I'm making excuses for Lewis. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> and, and then I think, uh, I don't know, but th- those are, those would be good. Vettel, Vettel, Christopher Bell, because he told me he would always like he would like to do the 500, and then Kyle Larson for sure. Uh, Kyle Busch I would say Kyle, well. Kyle Busch Kyle is the Bush one I was going to really say. Cool. You're taking all the good ones. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Dale yeah. Jr. I mean, I know he'll never do it, but it would have been yeah, fun. It would have been fun to have seen him do been it. Cool. If yeah. well, I mean, actually, if you're if you're going back to um, past or present, 
uh, yeah. original Dale would have been kind of fun. Original at the Dale, yeah. <laughs> yep. OG but Dale, that would be cool. That would be fun. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you guess you could kind of put together a who's who, Schumacher. I mean, yeah. it would have been like cool to see at the 500. Jimmy Johnson. I mean, there's a lot of NASCAR guys who would have been cool to see. You we, know. Yeah, we saw some good ones, obviously, with uh, with Tony and and yep. and, and Kurt Bush. And Kurt, or Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush. Yeah. 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 Well, you gotta can't mix those two up. Those yeah, guys were no, fighting right. for a win this weekend yeah. too. Kyle was it? Kyle? Kurt was saying he wanted to bump Kyle out of the oh, way the yeah. other way around. Yeah. But basically, any Formula One guy though too, because yeah, it's, anybody it's, would. It's just it's nice to see if they're like willing to be real racing drivers and try other things. Yeah, you know what I mean, like like Fernando, do other things. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's not. No one thinks lower of you because you're going to go do an Indy 500. Like it's a 500 it's the biggest race in the world. Yeah, like, get out of here. It's massive. No, I would yeah. be. I, I I think I do hope that in a few years that Fernando is kind of or Kimmy m- maybe. Maybe fun. Erased, erased, doing the Indy 500 erased the, the most stigma. Hysterical thing ever. Well, I think. Do you think the stigma's gone though? Maybe in Formula One with Fernando sure. trying it Why or not? no? I don't know. Yeah. No. All right. That's the we'll answer. Go with it. <laughs> There's always a stigma between yeah. Formula One and IndyCar, but Fernando's just a good man, so he's going to come and race because he's a real racer. Okay. I got. I want you to read this one. This is from Josh Lee at Jay uh-huh. Lee 11:30. Go ahead and read that one. Oh yeah, that is some quality cinematography. Obviously, we took a video. Yeah. In all my years of watching post-race RV lot race recaps, this is by far hands down the mo- most well filmed. How do you guys step <laughs> forward such an experience? A professional videographer at Ali Stevens. And Ali Stevens was the one kind she enough. She was to- the one who videotaped us. That's really kind of her to do. It that. was quite the video too, by the that way. Was, was it good? I didn't watch it. It was. It was no. It was. It, it was. You know what? It was. The lighting was much better than the first Perfect. take. Much better than the first take. So thank you. Basically, this is just a shout out for it, Allie. It really thank was you for doing that. That's for all us. I wanted to say was thank yeah, you very much. For nice shooting lady that. down there in yeah. Birmingham. And she, yeah. Record, I mean, it was. It was perfect. So all right. Next question, Michael Goodyear at Michael Goodyear 007. What did you make of Takuma's rather slow start to the race that caused some drivers towards the back of the field out? <clears throat> uh, we kind of talked about that. And then I know the driver yeah. on pole dictates when the field goes, but where does one draw the line of backing the field up too much? Ah, well, I mean, that that's that's the tough thing. We, we, luckily, we have a lot of cars, right? 24 cars, so the field's spread out quite a bit. And and honestly, I think it's just something you, drivers just have to think about. It's it's You want to get the best start you can. You want to overtake everyone, right? And it's the easiest point to do that because if you accelerate just half a second before anyone else, you're going to pass probably like a whole row of cars. Um, but the thing with Barber is those last three corners are so, you know, winding and, and the front of the field stacks up pretty quickly, yeah. but the back of the field is spread out a lot. And then there's a huge accordion effect. Um, and basically, if you're starting in the back, you round that last corner, everyone is accelerating. Like, you think it's the start of the race, but realistically, it's just everyone catching up those couple inches to the car in front of them. So it's very small from like row two, three, four, but then it's like, and then you got like guys like, whoa, you got guys going from, you know, second gear to fourth gear trying to catch trying up to keep the field. Up. And the leader still hasn't even gone yet. Yeah. So it's just, honestly, it's, it's on the drivers, really. I mean, it's on us to, to, to think about that. Um, and, you know, Takuma. On the pole, yes, you want to be the guy to you know be controlling the pace, and I think slower the better because it gives everyone a good you know good chance to get a good jump. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was necessarily his fault unless unless he did like a little brake check. Sometimes you want to start rolling out and then you roll into the brake and then go. Yeah, um, but that's totally illegal. So I think you know you would see if that happened. I don't think that happened. I, no, I don't think so either. I, I just I, I don't I don't think Graham got a very good start, but he just slid in right right behind him. 
Um, but yeah, it's just it's just more on the drivers. Everyone gets greedy. Everyone wants to go, and and that's just sort of what happens. Yeah, I, there's a, I feel like the start is always questioned. Even guys like yeah, Will, yeah. who start at the front every race, pretty much, they, yeah. they, people are always like, "Oh, it was kind of a slow start." And I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's it's a weird. And Elio is always going to jump to start. Always. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that was every race. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, you can. Oh, we answered we answered this one this is from Dan Gall- Dan Gallagher <laughs> at Rhyme. No. What is that? Rit me. Rit me. Rit me. Oh three. Connor, did you, did Graham Rahal get your help? You get your Subaru home. You know what? Graham did 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 try. Um, he had one of his guys that was going to drive all the way down, but thankfully the two seater folk, uh, you know, were able to take it back. But in no way is this a shot at Graham Rahal performance. They did a good job. I think this is just something random. We'll obviously see. Yeah, these um, Graham texts me saying, "Great, now everyone's going to think we do bad work." I was like, "Well, no. I just had to be honest that I had to get my car back." You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, Grand Rail Performance did a great job. Uh, they were a little bit over budget, <laughs> which I did not enjoy. But, um, but still, they, they do, they, they're very professional people over there. Zach's a very good mechanic. Don't you know uh, someone you can talk to about that being over budget? No, I don't Gra- think so. Grand won't help you out on that one? Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's a businessman. He's a businessman. So, <laughs> so yeah, Grand Rail Performance is still a great place. All right, next one's for you. Go ahead. Uh, how even were the 18 Lamborghinis set up? What adjustments do you make while driving? Do you want one? Well, yeah, I could obviously want a Lamborghini. Um, Is that what you're buying if you finish third in the five, or you know, first, oh, second, no, or third of the 500? I, I can't afford that yet. I got to pay off the house first or something or what, pay bills. And What is the car you buy with that money? Literally something so basic. I don't okay. know. Something just that, that gets around and doesn't break. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty... That's a low, Actually, that's a low if standard for a car. No, if I win the 500, Honda better give me a car. You, I want one you get the pace Honda car. and I get the pace you, car. You get the pace car. I will be the first IndyCar winner in history to be like literally <laughs> daily driving the pace car that wins. Like I will be everywhere. I was like, yeah, guys, this is the only car that I have. This is my car now. And they better get it to me quick. I'm not talking. I don't want it in six months. I want it like the next week. But you can't. Can you drive it? I'm sure. Why it's not? Because it's a Corvette. It's a Chevy. No, it's a, it's a road. It's road legal. They're road legal. No, no. But you're a Honda driver. Uh, duh, I don't care. <laughs> After I, the 500, doesn't matter. For one race. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless they want to have, I'm I'm absolutely available yeah. to drive more races. <laughs> I think if they want you to drive more races and won't let you drive the Corvette, they should give you another car. Exactly. I think we can. Yeah. If you win the 500, there's a lot of negotiations. Suddenly, you become a really popular person. Yeah. Again. Who would it, have thought? I think it changes your life. I think yeah. that's what the people say. Massively. Uh, all right. Yeah. So yeah, answer the questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a spec series, right? Everyone's got the same thing. You can adjust shocks. You can adjust, you know, small things, you know, roll bars, uh, you know, rear down force. Uh, so there's definitely some setup work to be done. You know, we had a new car. We had a couple new, a uh, couple issues with it, like in the, in the with the brakes. And then we had a shock that broke. Um, so yes, they're sort of uh, they're supposed to be even, but there are always people pushing to you know do more, which I learned this weekend. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it seems to be a fairly, fairly cool car to drive. And yes, I want one. Uh, I think actually I'm realizing that this, that was Mark B at seventies rock best. And actually he had, he had two more parts to that question. So I'll, I'll read those. And then I think that's it. Cause I actually, I, I doubled down on that last one that right. Jack's won again. Um, what did RLL figure out at Barber to own that front row? And uh, <laughs> did you get your Subaru home comment asking for help is a strength that shows humility, also a strength. So <laughs> you got people that really admire how, how you handled that tough situation. What did RLL figure out? Well, something. Um, <laughs> I mean, those, those guys, I mean, they were, they were super fast. But that's what it takes, right? If you find one small thing on an IndyCar weekend that just gives you an edge and the drivers do their job and, and taking advantage of it, you'll be up front. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, we say when 
why are there three Penske's on the front road Indy? Well, they all have the same cars, yeah. you know what I mean? And they can all have access to the same data. Um, you know, that's why Graham and Takuma were on the front row because they're teammates. They're, they, they got the same information. They found something that clearly was, was benefiting them. Um, and, and that's why they were on the front row. So it's just, it's all about technical knowledge, technical development. You're trying to develop the car at every turn, every, um, you know, every session. And, and they did the best job at Barber at getting the most out of their cars for sure. Well, fun fact for, you know, for that question is that, uh, RLL hadn't locked out a front row since 2005. Great. Dan- that was a great stat. Danica Patrick and Buddy Rice. Buddy Rice. How about that? That's quite the front row. Um, yeah. The other thing I will say, I did get the Subaru home. Yes, yeah, I did get it home. (laughs) The other part about the uh, RLL was I thought was interesting was that Graham was laughing when he got after the post qualifying. I should say was that um, they had two different setups. He said they they weren't running any. I mean, I'm sure they're using the same information, obviously, but Takuma and him were running two different setups. And I'm sure they like different cars. They do. Well, they're this. This people. I don't know what Paul likes to bring it up during the uh, during the broadcast often. That they're completely different sizes. Does that have a lot to do at all with how they're qualifying? I mean, obviously Not they really. wait. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just uh, it's one of those things that you know Graham and Graham and Takuma are going to have the same. You know, they're going to see each other's data. They're going to see which you know which areas they're benefiting most from whatever setup they've got. Yeah, and try and figure out something that generally, if you have something that goes really fast, you can you can sort of manufacture a little bit of uh, you know you could fine tune it around your driving style. Um, so that's what the, that's basically what they've done. Yeah, it was, I mean they were on different they were on alternate tire strategies the, yep. than each other. They were on different setups. So credit to RLL because whatever they had figured out, they had it nails. I mean yeah, at yeah. Alabama, so they dropped the hammer. That's for sure. Um, I expect them to be to be good again at Long Beach, but I think that's yeah. it. I think that's uh, hey, those are all our questions, right? I didn't miss anything. Yeah, that was it. Okay, well I think yeah. Then that's it. That's that's the uh, IndyCar Weekly podcast. I think is unless there's anything else you'd like to add to wrap up. When are you um, you're flying out? Today. So flying out tonight, yeah, going there, checking it out. Um, post Long Beach, I, I, I literally fly back Sunday night, um, uh, as far as I know, on the Michael Andretti airline plane, which is nice, oh, uh, because nice. I have to go Monday to South Carolina to fly in an F-16 uh, with the Air Force, oh, so that'll be cool. nice. Uh, so there, so we might have to do a little, little delay recording video, until, yeah. <laughs> until Wednesday. Okay. Oh, or, or Thursday, the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Yep. Or am I going to have to chase you down for the video, the post race video again? Are you gonna I, well, be I'm going to be on the Michael Andretti flight plan, so it's going to be exiting very tight, fast. Tight. Yeah. He was. In, I mean, they did that at Barber too. They I had was three cars. S- they got mad at Brian Herta. Brian Herta was being fly, flagged down because Colton was trying to change, and they were like, "Let's go." They were in. Go. We finished recording like, oh the video. He was in his car leaving. I mean, it was what, what is what is the rush? They want to get home. I you beat the trap. <laughs> they had a police escort out of there too. Come on. Yeah, they had a police escort leaving Barber. It was great. I love it. I love their style. They get home to, for dinner. That's that's their family well, they, man. They left family at like man. six, so they're yeah. probably home by midnight. So right, yeah, right, yeah. It was it With was great. Michael was driving that car. I'm sure they were home by midnight. So. It was beautiful. No, they dude. No, they were they weren't driving home. They were on the Michael plane. Oh, they, they flew yeah. from from Alabama. Yeah, okay, plane. Yeah. So they get, get oh, to they, the plane. home for dinner. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, get to the plane and get home for dinner. How Michael's nice. got a family. You know, he's got a little kids. That's great. Yeah, that's what happens when you're, you know. I don't want to delay uh, you that for you, Don. That's Long Beach. Yeah, well, and and I'm impressed that we're going all the way west coast back to the east, but I like that. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a good deal. So once we get back, straight to Air Force flying, and then i got to make a new seat at Andretti Shop next week. And then we're testing. So it's all this, this whole, these next 10 days are, uh, yep. 
Really, really busy, um, but it's going to be good. Action packed. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll talk about the podcast. It could be next week. Maybe we'll save it for the week before the test. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. I mean, yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. we'll have some things to wrap up after Long Beach, obviously. But then we got that big gap. But we'll do. Um, we'll preview the test. We'll talk about Long Beach. We'll figure out when we do that. Uh, yeah. It'll come up. So, all right. Well, you got a plane to catch. So. Yep. Thank you very much for joining us on IndyCar Weekly. Again, it's Jim Aiello. I'm joined by Connor Daly. Hopefully, Thank you, guys. Yeah, hopefully you have a car by the time you get back. Maybe. All right, let's hope for the, let's hope for the best. Sending good wishes toward, toward Connor Daly. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. 